He has more SKUs at his distilleries than I have kids yeah. in my basement, which is a, a lot. lot. Which Wait, is that a actually lot. sounded way worse than I meant it. I thought we were going, we meant to go off the joke of me having a lot right. of kids and that got weird. Sorry. packages. Zeno said smart things well, in the text. Well, that was hours ago, before... Oh, no, no, never mind. It was a listener's <laughs> right, idea yeah. about what we should talk yeah. about. That's why it was hours. smart. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, what did Alyssa tell us we should talk about? Uh, oh, and, and I love that you laughed at her. You're such a dick. She gives you a good well, idea. Well, like, here's the thing, because I'm like, face. hey, you listen to the podcast, she's like, uh, 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 and then she gives me a bunch of excuses, and then she's like, I do, she's like, some of the times... Like, with the yeast conversation, she's like, I don't need to hear you talk about anything that you talk about anymore. <laughs> Listen, it's like, it's like this podcast and hockey are pretty much everything I talk about. So, I'm like, okay, I get that. So, I, I took that to account. And, like, and I, you know, I was like, hey, so what do you want to hear? She's like, closures. No, that is a great topic because there are certain closer, closures that are just There's a product we deep. love. We can't uh, open the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the ones that um, I don't think they do anymore, but I'll throw them out under the, the bus. Yeah. Rogue used to do Grosh their, uh, what were those, like the beer top. Yes. Thank you. Those are fucking the devil. And those are awful when you're in a bar setting the or swing, even at home. I hate trying to pop them open, put them back on. They're just a pain in the ass. Aesthetically, Brian, they're interesting. Shut looking, the fuck up. But, this is great content. Uh, do the intro. God damn it. <laughs> this is the Still Talking Podcast yes. with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian Christensen. Today we're talking about closures and why certain closures are the devil. <laughs> and not only closures, packaging could be the devil too. Let's think about shape of the bottle. Like, yeah. You got to look at it. Ooh, tell us more about the shape. Uh, Slower. It's really thin and short. Um, <laughs> so, in all honesty, they're like... Yeah, <laughs> that's the podcast, everyone. Thank you so much. It's the the whole package, I should say, right? Like, uh, so it depends on your perspective. If you're a bartender and you're talking, well, do we do we want to include labels in here too? We can, or not? We, just yeah, yeah we, we can, can get to that. But that's not what I'm talking can, about right now. Right, okay. I'm talking about like shape of the glass, height of the glass. Is it in a well? Is it on the back of the bar? Is it on the top shelf? Where like where's is some consumer throwing it in their right. freezer? I mean, there's you have to like so you like, have to anticipate what's the everything. best scenario? Like, what's the best? I guess what's the first thing you start with? Like, if you're a producer or you're, even if you're a fucking bar manager, like, what shape do you buy? Like, I want to go for that first. First thing I think is you always have to look at what product That's is good. going That's in good. the package, yeah. no matter what. Now. I'm totally okay with people being innovative with their packaging and doing something outside of what would be considered like the classical constraints of what, say, like a whiskey bottle would look like. But I think you, if you go too far, you, you can con- confuse your consumers. So if you put you whiskey confumers? in a... <laughs> You're welcome, oh, listener. Fuck it. We're too done. many goddamn puns. <laughs> That's all we needed. That's a lie. I love puns. No, so look at what your spirit is. Is it a vodka? Is it a, you know, is it a clear spirit? Is it a... Age spirit is a brown spirit. What are we looking at? So that will help guide you at least in general what you can expect. Class, you know, consumers will classi- classically expect in certain bottle shapes. So knowing what those are will help guide you. I think a little bit. That's my first gut. 
is always figure out historically what the consumer is going to expect. You may not have to go that route, but that's worth considering. What do you guys Are think? you saying that you would not order a 20-year-old scotch in a mason jar? <laughs> Is that, is that what you're That's how, the only way I drink my 20-year-old scotch. So eat my ass. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I would also not I'm drink it at a push back ass. on that, Brian. That. Be, because, okay, Please so do. is it more important to fit in or to stand out? That's a really good point. I think you have to it's to fit in. The answer is line. to fit in, listener. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is. You got to sell your product. Yeah, you can you can be as eclectic and cool as you want. So then, I mean, we're, I think probably jumping ahead a little bit, but if we're talking about just classic glass packaging, if you're going to go outside the constraints of what some of the standard bottle shapes and forms will be, it's going to cost too. So if you're a smaller producer and you want to do a custom mold, I mean, yeah, in most cases that's a one-time fee, but it's going to be expensive. So you really have to plan ahead and better. It better match up with your story. You better have a good reason for having something really interesting. Because they've come, they've come down on that a lot, though. I think the the new level, you know, it used to be you had to buy a container to get a, your own mold, but I think now it's right. ten thousand bottles. Which that's nothing. If if your business plan is less than ten thousand bottles. You should but here's the thing: there are plan. there are people that do less than ten thousand sure. bottles. And here's the thing: is they may still want to do ten thousand bottles in a year. That's not a problem. The problem is they can't necessarily afford that upfront cost of ten thousand bottles all at once. They may want to have to, you know, phase that out over the course of six months or a year. And certain vendors will do wait, that. I know wait, wait. certain vendors like, will let you buy like. You guys are always half like, is that fucking worth it? The custom mold? Yeah. It depends on, I mean, it dep- I think it depends on the bottle you pick. If you go that, you know, that whiskey route, what's that? There's that one bottle that 60% of the whiskeys we see are in. It's, you know, really round shoulders. Kind the Van Milan? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, which I love Van Milan. Like, great. Like, yeah. Great but everyone, yeah. everyone, yeah. you know, everyone has that whiskey bottle. You see yeah. it everywhere. I'm sure it's the cheapest, yeah. you know, whiskey bottle in bulk. But it's a good buy. bottle. Yeah. Sure. It's sturdy. It's, you, it's you, easy yeah, to build up on the shelf. You know, someday, it's someday we'll go into a bar, right. and that's that'll be that bar's theme: is they only buy and serve only liquor in, that. that is served in that bottle. <laughs> well, let's look at a couple examples of something a little more. Not one. One would be like Sagamore. So Sagamore in Baltimore, they have a pretty custom bottle. It's huge. It's heavy. It's angular. It's kind of weird, but it's still you know that kind of heavy duty you you know it's got a brown spirit in it and you would expect that that's obviously i'm pretty sure that's a custom mold oh, and oh, yeah. for them because they have the money because it's under armor money they can afford to do that and i think that was a really smart choice on their part because you see it on the shelf it stands out it's a little taller still stable great choice i think they should do that that's smarter for them than to go kind I, of you know just pull something off out of stop so when we were in pittsburgh at acsa and like Chris yes. <laughs> from Ghost Coast, um, right. he was there. And like, I love Chris. And they like kind of rebranded and changed their label. I'm like, yeah, your label's better. It's real clean. But their bottle changed and their bottle shape changed. I'm like, oh shit, this is, it was like more square in the top. And and like, I invited my, my little cousin, who's like my little brother. And I was like, hey, you know what? You're behind the bar way more than I am. And he's like, no, no, it feels good. Like, there's all these aspects of like, is it easy to grab and pour? And like little things that producers, consumers, I think everyone looks over. 
And there's that aspect. So how, but how, how important is that, you know, assuming your, your liquor is going to be on the back bar, right? It's not a well drink. If you don't want to make a fucking well bottle, but but good for you, but I want to make a well bottle. Take Sagamore, (laughs) take Sagamore where their bottle is really fucking heavy. As a bartender, you know, probably a bartender is going to subconsciously steer a customer away from that a little bit. But it also stands out so much that, you know, it probably... I guess that was my very point, is, like, those little details matter, right? Like, something that I can't empathize with. Don't piss, your, don't piss the bartender off. I, I don't know that you guys yeah. can, but I can't. I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit how this pours behind the bar. Sure. But I, sh- but but I should. It, when yeah. you lift it 80 times yeah. a night, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the opposite side of that is, is Aria Gin... Like Ryan worked behind bars for most of his life, so when they picked their bottle, it was very precise of this is going to be a bartender's bottle. And it really so is. I think it's right. worked out God really well. It. Yeah, it's worked yeah. out really well for them. So, okay, wait. I think that's a really good point. Let's go through some of the common mistakes that producers make when they're picking a bottle and the packaging for a bartender. Some of the common things are, like Colton just said, it's it's heavy. Uh, awkward shape can be hard. you got to think, too, you know, Bartenders are different sizes. If someone has a small hand, it's hard to pick up some of those bottles that are really wide. It's going to be harder to pour. You also have top constraints. I mean, mm. is it hard to get that, you know, the the secondary closure off? You know, if you have, can you just quickly pull off that plastic seal, or does it take forever? Does it, you know, do they have to pull out a knife? That's an extra step. That's going to slow them down. And then even when it comes to the label too, if they're pouring in a bar, there's going to be spillage. If you have a really poor quality label that's going to get wet and then start peeling you know it's going to discolor it's going to look like shit that affects the back bar and what it's going to look like so make sure when you're picking your labeling you do higher quality maybe a little stronger material so that it can stand to get wet you know because it's i can't stand to get wet so (laughs) i think the word you're looking for is bulky like uh like what i'm saying like if it's bulky bulky as a bartender no matter where it is you don't want that right and then you don't want that, but if it's if you're top shelf and it's bulky, it, it doesn't matter because you know you're they're not picking it up eighty times a night, and the price for them, you know, especially coming from a bartender's side, where if if it's costing you twenty five thirty dollars a pour, your tip is worth picking up that bulky bottle, right? So I guess you know, it, depend, like, it, depend, it depends on what what <clears throat> price your bottle. But don't set to, but you shouldn't? So. I don't think anyone. Any listener that's listening to this podcast should be able to make a top shelf spirit. That's right, listener. You can't do shit. <clears throat> we don't believe in you at all. So <laughs> explain that more. Why should why should they not be making a top shelf? Do you by top shelf do you mean quality, price? What range do you mean in that regard? Over a hundred a bottle. <clears throat> what it requires to make an absolute top shelf spirit, I don't think you have the time for it right now. Don't plan for that starting out. Wait, this is totally yeah, this is totally scope creep of the episode, by the way. But yeah, but that's okay because I think it all ties together because we're but talking like, about I, I'm like, say it back more. Know your role, right? Like you're, I'm like, hey, I'm making a two year bourbon. Hey, I'm making a five year bourbon, a six year bourbon. Guess what? That isn't top shelf, right? So if you want to make the top shelf thing, make it and like perfect what you're making now to be a top shelf years from now and hand it down to someone else honestly there's a part of me that got into spirits because i don't know if i'll ever have a kid 
I may or may not. I probably do that I don't take care of right now. Um, <laughs> but if I do, I want them to inherit something that's that'll like that. That is a top shelf spirit. And I'm not saying that time is everything, but like what, we, you're, what you're trying to create, like. Well, and I, it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, once you get to that level where you feel like your spirit is 100% top shelf, then maybe switch your bottle up for that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. For like, I mean, thing, I, right? I can make so. gin. Like, we can make gin. Colton, you and I can make gin. We can make all kinds of different gin, right? And we can we can sure. make a top shelf gin. Wait, is Aria a top shelf gin? I would definitely consider right, it. Right, but is it, priced as a, is it priced as a Probably, top yeah. shelf gin? Is it on a is, is it, it on a top is shelf? Priced, uh, yeah, sure, but no. Also, Wells, like they they it, they well, position their some, themselves priced. to be everywhere, every yeah, part. They want to the be everything so. in I'm, every. I'm brand. just being devil's yeah, advocate. Okay. Like I, I think love Arya Gin. I love Ryan. Like that's amazing. you bring up. Yeah. I think you're right, Zeno. This is a different, almost philosophical conversation that we should have because I think this is a whole podcast. This goes to the idea. <sighs> of being a distiller for a year and a half and calling yourself a master distiller for marketing reasons. Sure. And I think that goes to this whole conversation of if you've been making booze for two years, can you put something on a top shelf? I think for marketing reasons and because of the way the market is right now, premium, super premium, that's what's moving. That's what's being sure. sold. That's what's making the biggest profit margins. And as a small producer, you have to have, you, you've got to deal with margins because your costs are a lot higher and that will always be true. But from a philosophical standpoint, I see what you're saying. And I think that goes to the conversation of should anyone who's been a distiller for just a couple of years be a master distiller? I think we all have really strong opinions on that. And I fair enough. Fair enough. So let's but, go back but, to packaging. Yeah. Right. So should yeah. you buy top shelf packaging or should you buy – this is back to should you be like everyone else or stand out, right? Right. And, right. Well, again, you re- I think the goal is to kind of – split that line right the, you know maybe maybe it's your label that stands out and your bottle is similar to the rest of them or it's easy to use by industry people right i think personally yeah exactly personally to me that's a bigger one because it becomes very sub, you know subconscious to the bartender to almost avoid they're never going to actively promote a hard bottle to pour from it may so be a very small thing yeah. I think you're right within certain lanes. So we have to go back to the idea of this is business 101. Who is your market? Who's your audience? Who's your clientele? If you're only ever going to sell in your tasting room or 90% of your profit margin comes from your tasting room, it really doesn't matter how hard it is to pour from because you're going to have employees who get used to it. That's all they pour anyway. So maybe it's more important to have something that stands out, grabs people's attention and you know, appeals to that user experience. So when they take it home, they have yeah. something that really stands out. So if you're going pure tasting room, your own market, maybe industry side isn't as important, but if you are trying to get out there and get in multiple markets, I agree. Have it easy to pour, have it something that will stand out, have it something that if you hit it with your hand, it won't tip over because it's top heavy. You know, those are the kind of concerns I think we should, I agree and agree. And I think it's, it's one of the, you know, it's like you can never dress too well for an occasion. I don't – I think it is hard to look too good as long as you're not killing your bottom line with really expensive packaging. I think that's – But look I mean, at some of the crazy I don't know. And I, I, I want you guys to talk about that, but it's better to look good than basic and economy. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't mean gimmick. I just mean quality. I think there's a but difference then, between quality packaging, shitty packaging, and then gimmicky packaging, which there is plenty of. And yeah, I, agree. I mean, I, I, Zeno, I think you've you've been kind of encroaching on this yeah. all night. But if They're you actually same. look at yeah. a top shelf of a bar, ninety percent of the bottles are very similar shaped. Right? There's one or two up there that are yeah. slightly different, but they're all. When you look at it, they're all actually pretty easy to pour from. They're easy for bartenders yeah. to grab. It's it's the label that kind of makes them look. The, there's an old saying like top everything and, new is the you know, same. Whatever's the juice and the juice really that's in there. But. It's kind of the way it works. Yeah. So like we're not the. It's a subjective thing. We're not the first people to talk about this. Yeah, right? I mean, I th- I think what we're advocating is that everyone should go for the. <laughs> fully glass AK-47 tequila bottle. That's the only way I drink my bourbon <laughs> like Or if you can find one of those really... At gunpoint. Cool. Yeah. I like to drink my vodka out of the silhouette of a naked woman. Yeah. That's yeah. always important. You know, those are classy, classy yeah. bottles. There's actually one out there that I've seen that was a mold and I hope she's successful, but... Wait, do you see don't her go that as way. a mold? Don't, don't do naked lady bottles. Being molded. <laughs> she, she was just... She just had a bunch of vodka in her mouth like a chipmunk and she just poured shots Well, this me. sounds like the Cosby house and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... So we're talking about shape of packaging a lot, right? Yeah. Right. Like, that's really what we've been talking about. And, like, I'm really curious now. I hate to call out the Ben Milam shape. Although, the Ben Milam spirit is fine. It's good. I like it. I drink it. But I hate to call it that shape because it's so mm, common. (laughs) I feel like common is a negative word in the... uh, Ubiquitous. Yeah. So, how do I feel about a bunch of spirits that are in that same bottle lined up? How do you feel, Colton? Yeah, the problem is that I've they kind of all run together because you know the the bottle shape does play a role in at least my memory of you know what what the spirit was and tasted like, right? So, I, yeah, I have definitely had out, very amazing you. spirits out of that bottle but they don't like jump to the front of my mind when I'm thinking about the best spirits I've had because I've also had terrible spirits out of that same bottle. Maybe this goes back to what Zeno just said in terms of building up towards a top shelf product. One thing you can keep in mind is you can go with something that's affordable, something that's classic that people would expect, you know, whiskey to be in. But then maybe when you're starting to release your older products, or maybe you're doing yearly one-offs or something that's a special reserve, then yeah, maybe you go up up a notch with your packaging so that you can get people's attention oh, yeah. and it's a little more memorable. But that also ties back then Branded how many products house. do you have and how are you branding those products? Do all like a few spirits. Pretty much every product they have comes in the exact same type of bottle because they're building a series of brand they want someone to see on the back bar the gin, the whiskey, exactly, a branded house. They know exactly what that product is, no matter what it is. They know where it came from. Whereas, say, quite a few other places, they have completely different bottle designs depending on a vodka, an aquavit, a whiskey, so on down the line. So that's something you have to plan ahead for, too. And there's cost constraints with that, too. Going with a branded house and the same bottle for everything, your costs are going to be a lot less because you're able to, you know, you can just buy a pile out of glass and that covers everything. Well, yeah, and your, your, logi- your logistics are way easier. Just your planning is is less. For sure. Same tops, yeah. same labels, same, mm. well, you know, same type of labels, same application. There's a legitimate risk Smooth. in that, though, too. 
right? Because right. if you have a large portfolio and you make one product that you're proud of, but it's kind of like, hey, I need to blend this out of it. That's attached to your brand. Right. Right. Also, that really hamstrings you if you want to go ahead and sell one brand down the line. If you want to go a St. George route where you want to sell your Hanger One vodka to uh, Proximo, I think it was. Or Aviation Gym. Every single – Aviation Gym. Or yeah, in Aviation. Exactly. So if you want to do that, get that infusion of capital. That makes it a little tougher once you've had – that product in the same bottle as all your other brands, they're less likely, I think, or at least it makes it a harder sell to, you know, when you're trying to get rid of that brand because everything else looks that way, you're better off selling the entire operation, which is tough. So I think if you do have a goal of trying to sell off one of those brands to raise some capital, you probably do need to differentiate within house. This is, is good that, stuff. Is listening. that really a lot of people's like planned goal is to sell off one brand? Cause if, to sell yes. people who do that to sell to off that one brand, that, that, yes. that brand is doing really well. Yes. So, all right. So, like, here's a cut. Yeah. So, <laughs> shitty closures. That's a really good point. We've already hit on the one that I personally fucking hate. So, but Swing I think tops, closures, whatever you want to go, dude. Those are not even the worst. Okay, tell me the worst. What do you They're got? They're not not even close to the worst. There's like these kind that have like a plastic ring gasket to them. Like a kind of like a Vino Lock, mm-hmm. which Vino Lock is actually a brand, which is not a bad closure for like for a booth. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Very specific, okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, it, like if you want something you're gonna pour even remotely off, and it's terrible. Like this plastic gasket. There is a bottle that I have on my shelf right now that I literally, my wife cannot open it, and then. When I need to open it, I need to get a butter knife to wedge in there and lever it open. That's horrific. That's just the worst. So if it's that bad, there's everything in between that, guys. Yes. Yeah, there's a really good point. Because you can have a bad closure where it will actually come off in transit. Now, part of that is environmental. If you get a bad closure and you're in a hot environment, you know, sometimes those things can pop if you don't have a good secondary seal. Well, okay, so so that, but also... You know that's that's where we can get into natural versus synthetic. The synthetics yep. tend to pop out a lot more, especially in heat, because they don't form like corks do. So if mm-hmm. your, you know, secondary, you know, vacuum or uh, heat seal isn't great, it'll pop right out, and you know, there's booze everywhere. Yep. The converse side of that, though, is a lot of synthetics, at least nowadays, are less prone to breakage mm-hmm. than say certain corks will. I mean, and you, if you have a cork, you don't want particulates coming off of that cork into your bottle because that doesn't look good either. Sure. Sure. If you buy a cork, you need to know that you're buying a natural yeah. product, right? Yep. Yep. And you may have some fault right. with it depending on what you're getting. But this is more for the wine podcast that nobody listens to. Right. Not the stilling podcast that nobody yeah. listens to. I mean, I want to put as much emphasis of composition of the closure as in the cork yeah as i would of ease of opening and then we can get into i've referenced it i don't know if we recorded it of like things like wax sealing tell us how you feel about wax (laughs) i hate he's talking to wax (laughs) no no he's he's talking to you and i 
he just fucking... I hate you, and, like, why are you making this harder to open? Because it's fancy. It does not... No, it does not valorize anything. It doesn't. So, it just makes it more difficult yeah, to open. So, quite literally, like, a maker's mark. You're basically saying, fucking mistake. Just the wrong way to go. I think Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark did Can it right, guys... and then nobody else. Like, and I don't think Maker's Mark did it right. No, no, no. Maker's Mark didn't even do it right. But the, you know what they did do? They patented yeah, exactly. that drip down. Oh, the drip down. Like that drip down is thirst. And like I like if a beer is waxy, and I'm like, get oh, yeah, the no. fuck <laughs> over yourself. Yeah. And. I can't get to this. Like, I wanted to drink this. Why are you? There's doing one. This? So, so every year for ACSA, uh, uh, you know, while they're doing the award ceremony, I slip away and go and have to try to open every single one of those bottles that got sent into competition. Hearts. Yeah, all of everyone's hearts. <laughs> but I have to, you know, I have to slip away during the end of the um, award ceremony to go open, make sure all of those bottles that got sent into competition are open for everyone to pour into that room and try right you mean you don't get to hear my amazing i've never heard it i didn't even know i didn't know Uh, you were part of it i am so charming (laughs) it's such bullshit (laughs) it's okay i (laughs) wait what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) i give i give a little speech at the acsa judging every year no 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 that was a rhetorical question it was a joke for listener (laughs) Listener and listener loved it, but so I don't know that listener loves anything. But listener keeps us coming back. It's this fictitious apparition of a human being, right. which is I'm very. I'm sure redundant. listener is just me but, checking that the episode uploaded properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. are inefficient, bot. Yeah. Fucking Colton, check it yeah, more like, often. You're like H lowercase J capital K four seven. Oh wait, I fucked it up. Play it to me. <laughs> yeah. Colton can never this. remember his own logins. That's why it slows everything down. <laughs> okay, wait. I want to push back on that because I agree in the fact that wax seals on a flagship product, probably not a great idea. But on a specialty, like if you're doing a holiday release or you're doing a once a year specialty, like people come and collect it. I think that can be a fairly affordable way to make your packaging look a little more premium. No matter how much of a pain in the ass it is, it can look kind of cool. So let's get into the, I guess, science side. Does wax so, do anything? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's not going to affect the flavor, obviously. All right, wait. So does, some, does the bottle do anything? The shape of the, the shape, I would say the shape of the mouth might do something, you know. Exclusive. Ex- the shape of your yeah. mouth does something. <laughs> God, it's doing something it. right now. I was now. thinking about yeah. it. I was trying to keep it classy for listener, but you know. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, you weren't. There was nothing classy about what you, you were going to say. You, you knew. Say you had a stupid mouth. grin on your face when you talked about the shape of your mouth. <laughs> By the way, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> or rectangle. But yeah, I mean, if you're lucky, if your bo- if your okay, bottle is a mason jar. That'll change it, but oh. if you're, you know, your standard just, you know, cork cork size, 
bottle opening? I, no, I don't think. So I'm I'm gonna agree with the the panel's agreement here that fuck mason jars. No, 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 no. From them you, you should them. No. wax seal mason jars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. We finally yes. found something we can agree and on. You should make amazing. banana runts vodka <laughs> yeah. and put it in wax sealed mason jars. I want the entire mason jar dipped in wax, and then you have to heat up the entire thing and hope that it doesn't yeah. explode on you. Yeah. That's you, you have, have to put to it in a it. pot of boiling water <laughs> with top ramen and make it like a whole thing. I don't, I don't know where we're going with this, but I got hungry. <laughs> I if there's not Peckish. a top ramen moonshine, I miss carbs. We should. Say there's that. not a super savory moonshine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> moonshine with just like oh, just a giant block like, of like, like top ramen. Here, oh no, I, I'm I'm more okay, imagining whoa, whoa, whoa. one of those aluminum packets just floating in the jar that you Forget. open. No, no, and no. Pour it it's in. like it's like the umami receptor nutted <laughs> yeah. in your mouth. <laughs> okay, that brings up a really interesting whoa, point. We have terrifying. we talked about <laughs> shitty, right? Have we talked about terrible additives people have put in their products that are technically illegal, not FDA approved, and will get your product pulled off no, the shelf like pieces of concrete, that is not, tanned leather. That like, is not in the scope of the packaging. I think it is because that's part of packaging. It's a non, you know, it's a non-potable piece of your product, and it. It is poisoning or Wait, dangerous at the very least. I have not seen concrete in any bottle. Yeah, so there have been a couple companies. One put in hunks of concrete because they're trying to make it look like rugged, I guess, in their bottle. This is actually information I've gotten from the TTP. Because never they had seen to pull this. these products I love, I love yeah, that Well, that's because they didn't last very rugged. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so there's chunks of concrete, which obviously concrete can break yeah. apart. Do you, you want to shatter your bottle from the inside out? <laughs> let me tell you guys. Super let smart. me tell you guys how far rugged gets you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, married and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a really solid beard. Guy is, yeah, you're doing pretty well, Listen, dude. Listen, this is a lazy beard. All right. Yeah. But no, no. Okay. But here's my favorite. There was a company that put tanned leather strips <laughs> in their bottles of alcohol. And the alcohol leaches out the tan, the tanning chemicals, which thereby makes the alcohol poisonous, more poisonous than alcohol is by nature. And so that's a big FDA no-no. And I don't know the exact logistics of if they got fined or they just had to like do a recall. But people are doing (laughs) shit like that. So don't put stupid things in your bottles. Agreed. Fruit, fine, but. Don't wax the inside of your bottle. Only the outside. Wax the entire inside of your bottle. Alcohol is not a solvent. (laughs) Chemistry. (laughs) All right. I'm the only one that thinks wax can look kind of classy occasionally. No, give me the scenario. Give me the perfect scenario to wax. It looks um, classy. Also, it can look look classy until you open it. As soon as you open it, it it looks all fucking messed up. (laughs) What? As soon as you open a wax... Sealed bottle. All right, cool. It's all how fucked many, up. How does, many skews do you have at your distillery? Uh, I don't know. Twenty. All right, a, a, lot. a lot. He has more skews at his distilleries than I have kids yeah. in my basement, which is a, a lot. lot. Which Wait, is that a actually lot. sounded way worse than my minutes. <laughs> I thought we were going. We yeah. had to go off the joke of me having a lot right. of kids, and that got how weird. How many Sorry. of your skews are wax top sealed? Uh, only my personal collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why I do this. I hate this. Thing. And, the, and that's just—that's just the splatter of the wax from yeah. his chest at night when he's in yeah. the basement. Because he's like having sex with Devin, like Ricky Martin. 
<laughs> oh, don't don't make me have the of visuals. Ricky Martin, I like that Devin. Jerk. She's lovely. It's not just Devin. It's <laughs> Ricky Martin. It's Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. <laughs> it's Devin dressed as Ricky Martin. And me dressed as Ricky Martin. Don't forget. Yeah, everyone is dressed as Ricky Martin, and they're poor and wax. Hey, we we totally we totally miss. We totally missed one of our things. What are we drinking tonight? Oh, uh, so yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Tell me about the packaging of what you're drinking tonight. I oh, I started okay. with a Highland Park 15 year old Scotch in a beautifully packaged, unwaxed bottle. And then you went on to lab sample only. Yeah. <laughs> then I went on to a, <laughs> with a lab sample label. only with no government <laughs> warning. Who knows? There could be concrete bricks. <laughs> there could be delightful concrete bricks. I am drinking a wonderfully balanced Buffalo Trace Kentucky. Way to go, bricks. meat and potatoes! It, it was on sale, and they do have oh, they, a very they didn't unique send that to design. you. In the mail. (laughs) Right. Right. For a guy who advocates craft, I drink a lot of real big mainstays from. uh, I am actually drinking the Balmore 12, which is a fine drinkable spirit. Just the right amount of peat. And the bottle, as lovely as it is, on shape and shoulder, it's embossed, established in 1779. Which has a weird feel to it. But I think on a shelf, because this isn't going to be your well, it would stand up. Yeah. The spirit, the spirit's yeah, okay. But, but, look, but looking at that, but looking at that versus, you know, the Highland Park 15, that is much closer to a well than, you know, the Highland Park is really short neck, very broad shoulders, and kind of just this weird oblong Bottle You're shape. a weird it, but bottle shape. It's, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I was waiting to actually say, are you describing That's how yourself? I get fitted oh, for my A lovely profile. <laughs> <laughs> I have this weird neck and like oblong shaped. We're not nice to each other. Ah, I never ah, want to be beautiful. nice to anyone. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nope. You know, one thing that I will say for closures, one that always gets me is old granddad. Drink it, you know, ten what times a, a day. Wait. But it's not an easy bottle to open. <laughs> their closure is not great. <laughs> their their closure wait, wait, is what, not great. Describe old the problem. The problem what with is it? it. Describe it. I think is that the after the cork, you know, the the actual top is a little too small. So trying to screw it off is a little bit hard. <laughs> And There's it's so tough. many jokes there. I can't even <laughs> handle myself. Right? Have you thought about working on your forearm strength? Maybe like lifting things? Usually I, have to, usually I have to put it in my yeah. teeth. <laughs> Listen, I know all about his forearm strength. And it gets the top off, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, yeah, I, I guess that comes down to it, too. Like, do you guys have a preference when it comes to spirits when we're talking about twist tops versus classic yes. closures? Like yes, I tops? Do. Like, yes, I go. do. Yes, I do. I want to hear this. You're not going <laughs> to fucking tell me. <laughs> no, no, no. no. My, favorite, my favorite spirits right now, and they're also Colton's favorite spirits, no matter what he says, are <laughs> plastic screw top bottles. Oh, that was definitely going to be what I was going to say. Yeah. The Japanese are doing Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. They have beautiful bottles that look classy and are still screw up. And like plastic screw top. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 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 
it's yeah that's my favorite closure right now so there you go if you happen to have an incredibly well balanced well balanced and well yeah. done japanese yeah. product you can put it your research if you don't go maybe don't kill do yourself that. because what are you looking <laughs> for um put a large I don't condone that i'm horse really on top. sorry yeah I mean, this this yeah. is something I don't know, but what's the is there a huge cost difference between you know yes. cork versus having a screw top bottle initially? Yes. Well, I mean, it all adds up. Even if you're talking about a few what's, cents, which one's adds up cheaper? Like thousands screw tops oh. gonna be cheaper. Cheaper. Well, that sounds like a benefit. Yeah. Then. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, the Japanese did it, but I do feel like it'd be hard for. An American, American, an American craft to have, you know, there's a couple out there, but to position yourself to be middle to top bar with a screw top would screw, be tough. Screw top is much more associated with a value brand as opposed to like a premium or a super premium. So let's work to change that. Yeah, but some of those Nikas yeah. that I'm buying that have a screw plastic top are a super premium. And if you don't buy them, no, don't buy them. Fuck you. I'll buy all of <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> Stay um, away from Zenith. This is our money bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, I'm holding back the flood with money. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. sounds awesome. Okay. So <laughs> I want to close out before we finish up. This is kind of a... This is something that's only starting to pick up in the U.S. on small craft side. We see it a lot with, say, scotches, Irish whiskeys, things like that. But secondary packaging, boxes. You know, when you go Mm. into a store and you Mm -hmm. actually – some of those top shelf products come in really neat, interesting, intricate boxes, which give you more surface to work with in terms of telling your story, packaging, things like that. Makes it, again – based on the nature of it, look a little more super premium. What do you guys feel about secondary box packaging? I mean, uh, and we can also tie on that. I'm going to also say, like, when you uh, uh, hanging tags and things like that. What are your thoughts? I on mean, those producer things? side, it's a pain in the ass. But you're right; you have a lot more room to tell your story, and it's gonna. For now, it's going to stand out. If everyone starts putting it in boxes, it's you know, then then the bottle will stand out. But I don't right. know. Do you keep? Zeno, like, do you keep your? When you buy a scotch that comes in, not one, not a box, but one of those, I guess they're probably aluminum tubes, do you keep it in the tube or do you take the bottle out? I mostly take it out yeah. anymore. I mean, except for the Belvani 21, like that one's sure. still in the box. See? See? So it yeah. does have a certain cachet to it. Like I saved the box when I bought the um, Westland release to Garyana. Yeah. They're like super premium uh, Oregon oak uh, aged whiskey. And I kept that because it was that was the only one they'd done that secondary packaging. It looked awesome. It was great. So told the story. So does that make it super premium? It adds to it from the perception. I mean, the quality, that's a whole different conversation. But perception. So what is that? What is that? Cut this so we can keep it or whatever. Did you guys drink Little Book or Little Book 2? I tried it, but I didn't buy one. Have you ever bought liquor, Colton? I I am drinking a handwritten bottle bottle right now. (laughs) (laughs) Colton and I very rarely pay for booze. I would take that back. That's part of our job. Definitely my highest expense. (laughs) 
Fuck rent. <laughs> I know. Sadly, yeah, it is mine, of- too. Oh my god, buy all the booze I can't get for free. See, that is the one thing I will say about having a trade publication for distilling is people mail me booze. I'm pretty sure the FedEx dude is really confused about what the fuck is going on in my house. So listen, listener, make your shit in New Zealand. (laughs) Barrel agent in fucking beehive octagon Japanese oak barrels. (laughs) Japanese Mizuner oak. And packs it in the perfect packaging and send us a bunch. Yeah, yeah. and then wax the box that it comes in. No, wax, wax the barrel. Wax your box. <laughs> wax the barrel. <laughs> oxidization is not important. What's that? What's that word? Yeah, that was oxidization. <laughs> I, yeah, I just went through I, with it. I mean, I, I could have pulled my punch on that, but anyway, I already no, had slurred it a little bit. So that's a good point. Like so. Does the fancy packaging beyond the bottle have more nuth in it? I think it does. Mm. I mean, if it didn't, that I, if I it think did, it does too. Did, no, yeah. like all of the scotches come in those tubes and, and boxes and whatever they are. But yeah, well, what is it? Garrison Brothers that does the wood box on some of their stuff. Yeah, that. That's so okay, so that's actually smart. a really good version of where where i think it goes too far vintage it goes way too far like i get you know a 20 year old scotch spending the extra two dollars to put it in a box right when you put that wood box on it i immediately say they're spending too much like when i see it in the liquor store i say they're spending too much on packaging and 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 i I question the juice inside even though i know it's good yeah it immediately just in the back of my mind says ah that's that's I'm an paying point. too much does it, for does the it cross the line to right? gimmick, so, yeah. right? Is that what you're I saying? Back you, I want to back you up on that. And it's like, you need to be behind your spirit enough to make that packaging worthwhile. Yeah. Right. Right? Like, like, cause if you're just putting something in packaging and you just don't stand behind that, like this spirit deserves that packaging, then it will not only fall flat, it will. No, but I mean, I, yeah, if, I think if it, you've ever met Dan Garrison, he stands behind that spirit and packaging, yes. right? Like, see, I'm well, not yeah, questioning actually, that. that. He's standing in the liquor store, standing between two bottles of you know, eight year old. I don't even know if they do that, but I think it totally comes down to what type of story you're telling. Because Dan Garrison, who's in Texas, I think can get away with a little more in terms of his packaging when it comes to yeah, like this big ridiculous bold wooden box because he's from Texas. Yeah. Texas has some you know connotation to it and you know the the machoism to it and the you know the tech everything's That's bigger right. in Texas. Whereas if you're trying to sell out of Washington State, maybe you don't you know that doesn't actually necessarily translate to the story as well. Everything's bigger in Texas. Bigger in Texas. Ask Dan Garrison. <laughs> Love you, Dan. We got to get Dan yeah. on because we want him to explain his wooden box to us. Well, I mean, I take all my dick pics in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Fly down. <laughs> I hate how much you guys laughed at that. Right? Me too. Me too. Because in my mind, all I can think about is like you using, like sorting through the Instagram filters, trying to find the right one. Like, should Texas. I do more sepia on my dong? Like, does that mm. help? I don't, I don't. Don't know. It's definitely, man. I need the depth of my foreskin wrinkles. <laughs> not a not uh, a tasteful foreskin. foreskin joke, guys. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Don't worry. Uh, nah, yeah, I'm not going anywhere with that. All right, I think we should wrap up. Let's do closing thoughts. Ugh. 
I have none. <laughs> I th- All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> End of podcast. It's not even closing. It's final thoughts. <laughs> Don't oh, yeah. tell me my business. <laughs> this is like the bourbon mashing episode, listener. Let's see if we can piece this But quality. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got quality stuff here. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. My final thoughts on this are... Full circle, go back to who's who's your client, who's your consumer, who are you selling to? That's really going to dictate what you're trying to do. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, really, really pay a lot of attention to how a bartender is going to feel about your product. You may not think of, oh, it's just going to sit on the back bar and you're you're trying to, you know, present it for the consumer. But bartenders sell booze, too. And if they don't like your bottle they're yeah. not going to push it ever. So wax the yeah. base so they have a better grip. I think that's wax what you're saying. Wax the base. There's the episode title right there. Wax the base. Yeah. God, that's good. All right, is it my turn? No. So you guys can both wax my base. <laughs> and uh, as for my tip, don't touch it. It's delicate. And it's going to pour a beautiful spirit. And in all honesty... It's a beautiful package. <laughs> If you're <laughs> Colton's words, not mine. Um, if you're a producer, make it reasonable, right? Like make it reasonable for a bartender. Make it reasonable for a consumer. Consumer. Yeah, that's a word yeah. now. I made it up. It sure is. Make it reasonable for yourself, right? Like, hey. uh it's not too ornate. It's not too flashy. It's like, you know, you, you only have so many options with shapes and what it's going to be. But make it easy. Make it easy for someone to pour. That's a really good point because you are trying to build trust for your brand with your consumers. And if you make a package that is super, super premium and the quality of the juice isn't as good as it will be in two years, they may not trust you as much down the line. So that's that's a really solid. Point. Also, also, yeah, that's right. <laughs> solid point. I also love saying solid point. Also, final final thought: you have you Bro. you have to bottle it too. So you know, make it easy on yourself. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even talk about that. Oh, that's such a good point because most people don't have yeah. bottling lines, so you're Bro. doing this by no. hand. No. So let me tell you about double macro bottling. Uh, oh. We had to rebrand, rebrand our base. Spirits, and what? So, Grim Freem White and <laughs> Froble Boke and oh, you, all those you're reaching for these. Like, those are too many letters yeah, that have been changed. All those, <laughs> yeah. And you're just stroking Bob, out. That's all. And is. Bob Freak, like all those brands, like you had to rebuild bottom lines. Yeah. for that shit. So that's a really good point. Like whether you have a bottling line or hand labeling, because I've hand labeled. I work for a really tiny company that believes in QR codes. Which, listen, guys, they've all <laughs> QR codes. They aren't a thing. But like, I had a wrap. Like I had to specifically hand label a bottle based on a yeah. QR code. Like all those little details. Like you want to be efficient. Your label should be there, easy, done. Yeah, and and I mean, just you changed just your taking shit it too. out of just taking it out of the whatever the the supplier shipped it in and putting it 
into your bottler needs to be ergonomic. So you're going to kill yourself right. otherwise. Right. Like there was a whole other aspect of this topic that we didn't talk about. But so final thoughts, we've got more. <laughs> no, we have more episode. Final, final thoughts. We love you, listener. Please find us online. whatever you want to do it doesn't really matter i mean we're not actually online we're actually not recording this right now this is all happening in my own head smiley face us on myspace chat us on aol we'll be there (laughs) you know we're not even trying now like we didn't think through what this is send me an email on hotmail i think that's the thing i know i I know somebody has hotmail still I still have Hotmail. Yeah, send me a message on Hotmail. Let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll go from there. And also, review us on the iTunes. I think that's actually a real thing that you can do to help support us. Uh, We like it. We appreciate it. So, thank you, Devin, for editing this. Sorry about the terrible closings, and we appreciate your support. No, no, no. no. They're great closings. The best closings. Uh, I get it. Closures and closings. Ah! And we're done. I'm hitting stop.